Hello, my name is Darren Steele, and I'm your host of the Living Out Podcast, where queer thought leadership meets personal growth and social justice. Now, in my work as a life coach, I help gay men live out their unique and vital role in society to lead others in creating a more balanced, evolved, and humane world. Well, humanity is the question at hand today, because I want to talk about the hateful, prejudiced, and elitism that is the man Jordan Peterson. Now, if you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, I'm just going to suggest that you take a look online, look him up, and find out for yourself, because I don't really feel like giving this person too much credit. Just the most brief synopsis. He keeps showing up in the news because he seems purposely antagonistic and against anything that I would support and believe in. Um, So he's a University of Toronto professor, I believe he still is, and he refused to call trans individuals by their preferred pronouns. Big argument over it. I think he has tenure. He can't be kicked out. But first of all, on, on let's just keep this at a humane level. What the fuck is his problem? Now, just a note, I'm going to be swearing probably a lot in this episode because this is a I'm on fire pissed off episode. I'm not going to attack the person, but I am going to definitely attack and critique the issue. Okay, just that little preface there, just to keep myself in check here, because I'm not happy. This man does not want to act like a humanitarian. This man does not want to act with any respect. If I say to you, hi, my name is Darren, I prefer to be called she. Now, first of all, I'm a cis man, comfortable in my gender and sexual expression. But if I were to say, I need you to call me she... I would expect you to call me that just as much as I would expect you to call me by my name and not make any presumption about giving me a nickname without my permission. A little tiny pet peeve of mine is when people call me, hey, D. There may be only be one or two people that I let get away with this, and I've never corrected them because they're really close friends. But if you're listening, I don't like it. And I guess I've just been too nice to not correct you. But imagine, see, that's just, that's my name. That's fine. It's not that big of a deal. I don't need to get in an argument over it. But imagine, imagine that you realize that you don't feel right in your body and you are going to change your biological sex. And some fuckwad refuses to call you by your gender identity so that you can feel safe and secure and right in yourself. That is the highest level of disrespect. And that is exactly the kind of person that Mr. Peterson is. So there's a, a little bit of this is dated, but it's, it's come up very recently in um, something that I saw online. So back in October, and a little bit of history... I'm in Ontario, uh, I live in Toronto, Canada, and earlier last year, the uh, provincial conservatives won the provincial 
election under Doug Ford. Uh, maybe they're leaning a little bit more towards populism, most definitely conservative, most definitely uh, a base that is religious, possibly evangelical, and most certainly not for LGBTQ rights. And it was sometime late last year, the Ontario PC Party was having their annual convention, and one of the members put up a policy resolution about education and community safety, and it went like this. Be it resolved that an Ontario PC Party recognizes gender identity theory for what it is, namely a highly controversial and unscientific liberal ideology, and as such, that an Ontario PC government will remove the teaching and promotion of gender identity theory from Ontario's, Ontario schools and its curriculum. <sighs> Absolutely nonsensical. Um, I'm going to be quoting, I'm going to be referencing quite a number of articles in the uh, episode webpage notes so that you can take a look at some of this information. And this was also in part in relation to the promise that the Ontario PC government made that if they got elected, they would scrap the Ontario sexual education curriculum um, for elementary and high schools. And that came out in 2015 under the previous Liberal government, and there was a lot of research done. There were a lot of parents interviewed and town halls and all the such. It's it's well documented. I just ask you, if you don't believe me, to go and do the research and see that it's there. The, uh, the Ontario PC government was claiming that there were enough parents that were uncomfortable, enough of their constituency felt uncomfortable, and that this was not right. So it was one of the very first things that they did is they tossed it out and they pulled back in a 1998 curriculum. So notice the difference in years. 1998 was the curriculum that preceded sexual education that was replaced in 2015. So 17 years between 2015 and 1998, the internet really sort of got its legs. Uh... Cell phones came into existence, sexting came into existence, dating apps, Tinder came into existence, all the sorts of things that can certainly be quite a minefield, for lack of a better word, word for youth. Homelessness uh, became a greater issue for youth. Um, LGBTQ issues, while becoming better, were also more apparent, and we became more aware of the violence and the homelessness and the unsafety that people were feeling, and so on and so forth. So I was listening to an episode um, on Metro Morning with the host, Matt Galloway, uh, who was speaking with the Ontario Human Rights uh, Commissioner, the Chief Commissioner, Renu Madane, Madane, I hope I've said that correctly. My apologies if I haven't. Um, because in August, one of the students' families, a, a student um, at school in Ontario, filed a complaint with the Ontario Human Rights Commission about the PC government's repeal of the 2015 Ontario sex ed curriculum. And the claim is that the 98 curriculum does not make mention of gender diversity or the rights of LGBT, LGBTQ students. And the Ontario Human Rights Commission is intervening um, in the case before the Human Rights Tribunal. So let's get back to Jordan Peterson. 
So on the 10th of October, 2018, in the afternoon, he tweeted, The faster the Ontario Rights Commission is abolished, the better at Ford Nation. And there he's tweeting Doug Ford, for those of you who don't know, the leader of the Ontario PC party. And it was just revealed from Doug Ford's private calendar that Doug Ford had a private meeting with Jordan Peterson, where they were probably going to be talking about ways in which they could abolish the Ontario Human Rights Commission in Ontario. Capital WTF, what the fuck? Okay, let's get back to this tweet. The faster the Ontario Human Rights Commission is abolished, the better at Ford Nation. There isn't a more dangerous organization in Canada, with the possible exception on the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education. Seriously, I'm going to back up from the microphone. What the fuck? This is what I mean by I'm going to be swearing a lot in this episode, because this is the sort of thing that is, it's inconscionable. It's arrogant, it's elitist, it's stupid, it's ignorant, it's racist, it's prejudiced, it's homophobic, it is populist. It. So I tweeted at Jordan Peterson twice, and I really don't care, and I kind of hope that he doesn't respond. The first thing I wrote is, such arrogance and ignorance. You make a statement without any justification. Why don't you describe for us what the world would look like should those organizations disappear? Your irresponsible comments are hateful, prejudiced, and elitist at best. That was easy for me to write, but it was difficult for me to not call him names. Because so, I so want to call him some names. And let's just say he really is acting like an ass. I'll just say that very indirectly, right? But I want to come back to this interview um, that Matt Galloway on Metro Morning had with the Ontario Human Rights Chief Commissioner. And the notes, she's addressing some of his questions about, you know, okay, so... The Ontario PC government is power in power. They had a mandate, and one of the things they promised was that they would scrap the 2015 sex ed curriculum. Well, that's what the constituents voted them on, and they have a majority in the legislature, so they can do what they want. And why shouldn't we allow them to do that in a democracy? Here are some of the statements that I just uh, made note of that the chief commissioner said, that all students and their families deserve to see themselves represented in Ontario's curriculum. That's, this is important enough for me to say this again. All students and their families deserve to see themselves represented in Ontario's curriculum. The interim curriculum, this, this 1998 curriculum, and I don't know if there's been some small adjustments made, fails to do that. It misses out on supporting LGBTQ issues and issues of consent, especially for girls who are overrepresented when it comes to sexual violence. Now, the 2015 curriculum dealt more significantly with issues around sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, and consent to sexual activity. Now, of course, the more liberal, the more open-minded you are, the less restricted you are by religious ideological thinking. Uh, I think most of us would want that for kids if we had kids or for people that we know who have children because we want them to be safe. 
We want them to be safe with respect to knowing about sex. And I think, honestly, any parent that says these kids are too young to learn certain things, I I don't know the exact details of when certain things are taught. But there is this thing called the internet, right? And if anyone is ignorant enough to think that their child can't get access to information online, they really need to wake up. Because no matter what you do with controls um, to the computers or technology that you have at your home, that kid goes outside and can access other kids' phones or public computers or who knows what. They will find the information. Kids are smart. Kids know how to get this information. And kids are going to explore. So the more information that people know, we can help educate and train young minds to make decisions better decisions for themselves, as opposed to um, taking actions based on absolute ignorance. So not wanting kids to know this information is wanting to live a life of complete ignorance, to propagate children who are ignorant and may do themselves and others harm. So coming back to what the chief commissioner had to say, that this interim Uh, curriculum from 98, does mention some of the concepts around LGBT and and sex and sexual orientation, but it really leaves it up to the teacher in the classroom to deal with any of the issues if they arise in the classroom. So, of course, if they don't arise, the teacher may or may not bring them up because the individual teacher may decide whether they want to speak it about it or not. So if it doesn't arise, that leaves kids in the dark who don't get this important information that would have otherwise been delivered. And the job of the Ontario Human Rights Commission is human rights and to hold the government accountable. And the most important thing that Mandane said, I believe, is this, and I quote verbatim, the goal of the Ontario Human Rights Commission is to ensure that vulnerable and marginalized people are protected, however unpopular they may be in society. Let me read this again, because I fucking fell off my chair when I heard this. The goal of the Ontario Human Rights Commission is to ensure that vulnerable and marginalized people are protected however unpopular they may be in society. Now, the reason I fell off my chair, because I think that is an incredibly important and beautiful statement that makes me feel, as a gay man, as a queer person, that I have a governmental body that wants me to thrive in my province and in my country. But makes me feel sick is that there are people who feel I am unpopular. That really hurts my feelings. That someone who doesn't believe in LGBT equality thinks I'm an unpopular person. No, but seriously, however unpopular they may be in society, this is what I fight for and speak out about. Humane rights. Not just human rights. And the reason I say it that way is I want to reference... I've, I've mentioned this in a couple of different articles, but in the most recent was 
the podcast episode number 37, we need we need humane rights, not human rights. And I was quoting a gay activist from the 70s or the 80s, I can't remember exactly when he wrote this or said this, uh, it's J.J. Belanger. And so the language is a little bit dated, but here it is verbatim. I come from humane human rights. I put humane there, humane human rights. I have no regard for civil and legal rights per se. To me, it's a waste of time and political activism because they're only pieces of paper. They can be rescinded and changed by a councilman, a councilwoman, a supervisor, a governor, or president. We have plenty of evidence of that. So I'm saying if we don't learn, to me, heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, ambisexual, these are sex acts, per se. They're not a lifestyle. What we do in bed as individuals is nobody's business out there. But I'm saying if we don't address humane human rights, we're going to lose the ball game. And that is exactly what's happening here. The PC government has come in and said, fuck the curriculum from 2015. We're going to regress 17 years. We're going to basically take out any discussion of LGBTQ rights or violence against women. Screw it. Let everybody figure it out for themselves. We're going to keep the Christian right, our base, happy. It's not that dissimilar to what's going on with the people that support Trump. And to address that point, the, the interviewer on the, the, the podcast, uh, Matt Galloway, asked the, the Human Rights Commissioner, how do you respond to the parents who agree with what the current uh, provincial conservative government under Doug Ford is doing? And, and they say, well, they weren't consulted and, and that the material is age inappropriate or anything like that. And, and just note what I said earlier, that there were studies, there were consultations by the previous Liberal government, but there are millions of people in the province of Ontario. So if you weren't consulted, well, that's because you either weren't paying attention to the news or you didn't have an opportunity to go. But that's how things like this work. Madani's response, the chief commissioner's response was simple and elegant. And she said that the curriculum needs to represent everyone who calls Ontario home. There's a lack of knowledge some people have about other groups, but the solution cannot be an erasure of groups from the curriculum. What needs to happen with the future generation of students is a discussion about their human rights and their responsibility to other people. That's beautiful that we as a province have an organization, a body that is being led with a mindset that says, not only are we going to teach people about human rights, but we are going to teach them about their responsibility to other people. Meaning it's a subject-subject approach, not a me versus you. It's a me with you. It's a what I say, what is its effect upon you? It's a very empathetic and caring approach, which Jordan Peterson clearly does not understand. And then, you know, the common question argument at this point usually is, well, we voted for this government. Our concerns are now being trampled on by the Human Rights Tribunal. And again, a beautiful response from Madan Mandane. 
the fundamental basis of human rights is the protection of vulnerable people from simple majority rule. In Canada, in Ontario, in all of the provinces of Canada, I believe we have really beautiful standards, checks, and balances in place to make sure we do not have authoritarian rule, to make sure we still function as a democracy. And whatever a democracy means is a larger concept and a discussion, it is something that is highly flexible and in many ways unstable. Because it would be very easy for a doc- democracy to become an autocracy or for fundamental human rights to go missing simply because a group of people who then have a majority in the government, like the PCs, party currently does, happen to have a slightly different ideological bent than the former liberal government did. And the former liberal government was led by a woman and an out lesbian. So we've gone really quite far away from that openness and and uniqueness of having a female lesbian premier in our province. And so we have this balancing system called the Human Rights Tribunal and the Ontario Human Rights Commission to make sure that, okay, fine, the government's going to get most of its way because it's got a majority. (laughs) They probably only need to have two-thirds of their members sitting for a vote and they can still pass anything. But they ain't going to fucking trample on human rights and the most vulnerable you know, a further statement she makes is that governments cannot cannot act in a way that is discriminatory, even when they have a wide scope in which they have been mandated to act. They should be acting on policies and economics and things like that, based on, you know, the, the ideological framework that is conservatism or progressive conservatism. But human rights needs to be something that is much larger than the single leader of a government in power or uh, those people that have been elected. Because otherwise, going back to that J.J. Belanger quote, if it's just human rights, that can be changed at any time. We need a standard, humane set of rights. You know, the Ontario Human Rights Commission is working to ensure that, you know, at least for this year, next year, LGBT students and girls receive the information they need because they are considered some of the most vulnerable people in society. And this is a really key point because they don't vote. They're not voting age yet, but they are deeply impacted by the decisions of people in power. So if the people in power are acting in a way that I would consider immoral, unethical, discriminatory, prejudiced, homophobic, ideological, they are doing harm. So Doug Ford, the provincial government, Jordan Peterson, by their actions... And words are actions, are doing harm. And they need to own up to the mistakes they're making with respect to devaluing 
certain human beings, certain persons in this province or in this country, and who they think is less than or not deserving of humanitarian treatment, of being respected as an individual, as being accepted and protected as a Canadian citizen. Anything else is contentious, elitist, propagandist. How many ists can I come up with? One more thing that the Human Rights Commissioner said is that the social reality is that many youth of all classes and sex and gender face homelessness. Girls face far more sexual violence than they ever have. Many LGBT students do not feel safe at schools. I know I didn't back in 1981 through 1984. I, I didn't come out until I left high school. I know that's a long time ago. But the reason I didn't come out in high school is because I was afraid of losing all my friends more than I was afraid of maybe being beat up. Because I think I could have handled being beaten up but I could not have handled losing my friends because I would have felt alone. And I'm sure that feeling is exactly the same. So Jordan Peterson, put your mind into that situation I just described. Imagine something, a situation in which you lose everything. You lose your family, you, you, you lose your kids if you have any, you lose all of your loved ones because of something that you are intrinsically, because of how you were born. Whether this is nature or nurture, this is not the discussion here. But this, that's a description. That's a situation in which to put yourself, in which you feel empathy and connect subject, subject in an empathetic way to another human being and recognize that your ideas are harmful. And your ideas are causing other people to follow you and think that you're right and creating harm secondary to your thoughts. And your thoughts cause the actions in individuals to take up arms, to bully, to beat up, to harass, to sexually assault young girls, LGBTQ people, or to insult someone to their face by not calling them by their preferred pronoun. Shame on you. <sighs> all of my notes and all of the articles that I would suggest you read, I've got quite a few. So how to fight Doug Ford in the Ontario PC party as an LGBTQ person, which I published on thegayguidenetwork.com. If you're straight, you need to come out as humane on Think Queerly. Why do queers get so fucking angry? <laughs> For this reason, an entire article on that, a story I wrote called Fucking Faggots Are Illegal about my experience sitting on the beach with my partner and, and, and hearing that said just 15 feet away from me and what happened after I heard that. The whole issue with the two bakers in the United States refusing to bake cakes for gays or lesbians is an insult to humanity and a couple of other articles. But to end with this quote from Nigat Dad, the more you challenge people in the status quo, the more you face backlash.
while I'm challenging the status quo, I actually don't think that Jordan Peterson is the status quo. I think he's just, he's trending, especially because of populism, and especially because of all that's happening around masculinity right now, and his issues around masculinity, and how misguided this drive towards embracing sort of the most extreme ends of the various masculine characteristics which become toxic, the extreme form of of, of misguided actions. So I look forward to your comments on one condition, discussion. We can have a heated discussion, but it's a discussion. It's a dialogue. It's not name-calling. It's about what I'd like to see, what you'd like to see, How can we make the world a more humane place? I'm really not interested in hearing if you don't agree with me. Not because I think I'm better than you, but because I'm right. Until the next episode, live out and live proud of who you are. Lead with integrity and lead to influence based on being the best that you are.